Hey, security peeps, it's Renee Small. I am back here again in the Breaking into Cybersecurity webinar series. And I have my fabulous co-host, Chris Folon here. And I also have our amazing guest for today, Jose Lopez. Hello. Yeah, Jose. So what we are going to do is our usual, we are going to ask Jose all about his career, how he got here, um, so he can give you advice as to how to break into cybersecurity within the past five years, We're focusing on folks within the past five years. So Jose, please talk to us about what made you want to break into cybersecurity, like tell us about how you got into this field. Right, so previously to this, I was in the Air Force, and uh, I was a network admin there. And just from my day to day, I was just constantly seeing different places where we can improve on just being, you know, I wasn't really thinking about it in terms of cybersecurity, the field that I was uh, too heavily introduced to. I was just looking at all these things like, man, it'd be more secure if we implemented this policy or, you know, kept better track of these things going on. So as I away and I started getting closer and closer to me separating, I was like, you know, this is the field that I want to get into. And how do you see um, your background um, being an advantage um, to you transitioning in um, for other military individuals looking to transition into uh, cybersecurity? Oh, did we lose him? Jose, are you there? Jose. I think we lost him temporarily. <laughs> I guess he is. So everyone, just so you know, Jose was actually sitting in a Starbucks. And um, we are going to wait for him to reconnect. If you have any questions while we are here, Chris and I are happy to answer any questions that you may have about break it into the industry, about um, anything. Well, I guess not anything, but focus <laughs> cybersecurity. If you have any questions, let us know, and we'll be happy to answer as well as we can. Wow. I think while we're waiting for Jose, um, maybe one of the tips to share uh, for individuals is um, find interesting RSS feeds or interesting websites that you want to keep up to and use a RSS feed viewer or a, um, a thing like Feedly or something like that to help um, bring all your sources back together. Um, and what that does is it helps you have a single pane of view to all the different websites and you can find interesting stories and dive back in. Oh, there we go. Back. Hi, Jose. Yep. Hi. Perfect. Uh, so the question was, um, how do you see your military background um, being beneficial to your transition into information security for uh, those military individuals also looking to transition? You know, it's definitely helped me see things in a very different perspective. Um, I find that as I'm going about my day to day, I find a lot of different areas 
to improve upon or change a little bit for more security. Um, so I, th I think definitely the, the mindset you get when you leave the military is always like this kind of like heavy improvement and really always heavy on security and just trying to make everything better for the mission or whatever it is. Perfect. So people want to know about you, um, about your background. So you're a network engineer in the Air Force, right? Yeah. Before transitioning to where you are, well, right before where you are now, because you just got a new role. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about like what your your role out, you know, stepping into from coming out in the military into that first role and then into the position you have now. Right. So, so when I was in the military, you know, I did a couple different things, you know. Uh, so when I started off, it was more of the engineering capacity. I was building networks from the ground up. And then after that, it was more of an admin capacity and then uh, more into like crypto type things. Now I'm, I'm a security engineer now. And uh, I think what I did before really relates a lot because on the network side, you know, you're always working with these different protocols and actually setting it up on the routers and switches and cells. So just having that knowledge was very helpful. But then also just being able to have that troubleshooting experience was probably the most critical thing that I have now, being able to look at a system and be like, okay, this is wrong. Well, how does it work to begin with? And then being able to go in through that way. So that's been very, very useful, especially in what I'm doing now. I mean, mostly I'm maintaining um, SIM systems. So just making sure that they're up. So it's transferred pretty well. Uh, just for those on the podcast, SIM systems are, um, where logs get ingested um, so that the security analysts and engineers can look at. Um, I guess my question would be, so outside of the on-the-job training that you had in the military for setting up those systems, were there any um, educational or certifications that you did uh, to help prepare you? Uh, so because in the, I was in the military, it was actually mandatory to get the Security Plus certification. So I had that coming out, but that's the only certification that I currently have. I'm currently working on my CISP right now, but yeah, I mean, I already have one certification. Okay. That's great. So it's mandatory for you to get, excuse me, certified. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about your education too, because you did go to school as well, right? While you were in the military. I, I took a few classes, but I don't have my degree at all. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, what sources of um, training did you find were beneficial to help get you where you are that you found that you wanted to share with others? Yeah, so after I left the mill, I actually was able to get out of my contract a month early to attend this cybersecurity boot camp, which was uh, five months long. It's this program, program called SecureSet. And um, it was through there that I got a lot of the more foundational knowledge and, you know, it's, it's funny because you always say, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And that's when I really found out what I didn't know is when I went through there. And appreciation for all the different paths I could take and the places I want to go to and really help me figure out what it was that I wanted to do And as I go forward, the short term and the long term. So definitely doing that cybersecurity boot camp was, was a pretty big uh, help to me. That's awesome. So Secure that is a is um I know a boot camp. Chris Roberts, I believe, talks about it or has talked. I don't know if you've heard one of his talks there where he's I know he's connected to them somehow. Um 
But tell us more about, I know people probably want to know more about that, especially since you were able to get out of, you know, you were able to leave early to be able right. to go through that boot camp program. Like how long was it? And Yeah. So um, it was actually a program for the army. So if there's any people in the military right now still listening, I'd go to your uh, training advisor, whoever that may be, and ask them about the different programs that are out there. But uh yeah, Secure Sales is like a five-month program, and you really just go really in-depth into all these different areas, uh, and you really get a wide spectrum. I mean, they set up you know web servers for you to go and exploit and teach you how to actually do those exploits, uh, which is really awesome. I had never done anything like that before, and it actually helped me uh, shortly after when I got out, and I was working actually for this uh, smaller company, and I was able to... Uh, get all these accounts from this website and write a report and let them know exactly how they could fix it. And they were very appreciative of that, which was awesome. But yeah, they go into different things. Also like the networking side, the sysadmin side, you'll learn a lot about Linux. You'll download all these virtual machines, things like that. So it's just a really great program. And um, so fr from that program, did you find that there's a, a particular niche in security that you wanted to go down or uh, you're still investigating different areas? As far as like a very specific place, uh, I don't know if I'd, I'd, I would say I'd pick a very specific place. I'd say like a pretty interesting niche market right now has to do with blockchain technology. So that might be something interesting to um, try to look into a little bit more in the future. But definitely I'm kind of leaning towards maybe getting more experience just on the foundational side and maybe going into more of a pen testing role. But I mean, time we'll see where that goes. Wow. Yeah, blockchain is so hot right now. Um, oh, yeah. When I talk to leaders of companies and anyone that has any kind of experience in blockchain um, or has just touched it personally, you know, some, some leaders have even said, even if they just have familiarity, Oh yeah, so, you know, so yeah, skill that that's really good. Now, is this only for the military? Is secure set? No, no, no. Okay. This is for civilians as well as anyone can take it. They're actually at various locations. There's two in Colorado, actually, one in Denver, one in Colorado Springs. Uh, I believe there's one in I don't remember if it was Dallas or Austin, Texas, and then there's another one in Florida, and I believe they're opening another one in D.C. somewhere. Yes, they just recently yeah. um, mentioned moving to DC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're growing. So now that you've completed SecureSet, um, you're you're in your new role in security. Um, have you found any areas where uh, you keep up to date with technology and the ever changing pace that you wanted to share with others? You know, honestly, so while I was going through SecureSet, we were always encouraged to go to different websites, and I go to Ars Technica a lot. But I found that as I've grown my uh, my connections on LinkedIn, that's actually become the number one place I go to now. I mean, just with all the people I follow and all the updates they post, that just lead me down through this rabbit hole of all these different areas and technologies. I mean, that's just my number one place now, really. It's funny because you, I think Chris Roberts said that recently as well. Like he used to be, Twitter was a big place um, for folks a lot. And people still are also a lot, a lot of the times on Twitter, but it seems right. as though is becoming that that spot because everyone is jumping in and you can connect with people and, like you said, oh, yeah. get down that rabbit hole um, of what's happening in the industry. So, and I know Definitely. 
Chris has a, 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 not a podcast list. What do you have again, Chris? Well, you have the uh, podcast list, which is awesome. But yeah, then what else do you have? I have several other uh, resources available on my LinkedIn page, uh, which we'll okay. share shortly. But I have a collection of RSS uh, feeds that you can right. go to, a uh, list of podcasts, lists of books, as well as uh, different educational platforms like Cybrary.it, which I know Renee is a, a big supporter of, um, <laughs> that, that you can find um, awesome. mostly free or free uh, <laughs> educational training uh, to keep advancing your skills. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, okay. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about like your job process. So when you left and you were getting this new opportunity, you know, tell us step by step, like one of the things that we hear all the time, you know, Chris gets questions, I get questions. How do we break in? Like how do we how do we get our first real cybersecurity job in the industry? So walk us through how that happened for you. So you asked how I got my current job, how that process was for Yep. Yes. Yeah, so I was actually found on LinkedIn. Um, and then she just asked if I wanted to speak. You know, she had this opportunity. Uh, I said I was interested, so she called me. And I was actually, you know, very impressed when we spoke on the phone. It was very different from the other um, – first interviews I've had with HR people. She was extremely knowledgeable in the field, which made me very interested in this company. And then I found out that they actually train everyone that comes in and they really look for people with the right character fit. So uh, the process took about six interviews, actually. It was, it was quite a number of interviews. Uh, it was technical, but also very uh, trying to, they were really trying to gauge who you are as a person. And they also, she also sent me a person, it wasn't a personality assessment, but it was something close to that. And, uh, you know, it was really exciting when I found out that I got the position. And then once that happened, I was flown out to uh, Tampa, Florida to train for a month. And then I was uh, brought back to Vegas to actually Would start you say my job. you were actively looking or um, you were just a, a passive candidate and they reached out to you? Oh, man. So about this, I had already interviewed for so many positions and uh, kind of rejected so many times. And I was actually really beat down by this point. I was very actively seeking out a different job. And at, at this point, when I was uh, sought out, I had started working for actually my friend's company and I was doing some finance things. You know, I wasn't really I was still kind of looking, but it wasn't as heavy as before. So uh, maybe a little bit in the middle. T tell us about that process, because um, Renee asked earlier, and I don't think um, you, you fully answered. How, how many places you apply at? How many interviews did you go on before before you found this right one? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't even think I have a number for that. It was so many. It was, you know, at first it was like this, uh, you know, starting this new thing, applying to all these different jobs. And uh, it must have been hundreds that I applied to, you know, but I had very little experience in actual cybersecurity. I had plenty of interviews, but for some reason, the interviews I kept being given were things that were just like way above my lead. I got, had this one interview about uh, red teaming. So I went in and then it's like, okay, here's a box, break into it. And I'm like, well, I'm not quite there yet. You know, so it was, it was very dis disparaging at first, but you know, 
it was, you know, through all that rejection, I think it really, really helped, really put me in a more uh, stable mindset to keep going. But yeah, it must have been hundreds of different places until I was actually taken. Now, through that, I, I did receive a couple of different offers. Uh, I received one through AWS, but it was for networking, which is really wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. And I did receive actually another position as a, uh, another offer as an analyst. But um, which I had originally accepted, but after talking to this current company, I realized, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I felt like really like I'd be a great fit here. I mean, the pay was very different, but I think some things are more important than money. And this job really seemed like they really cared about their employers. I mean, their employees, like no one else that I had talked to. I mean, the training that they gave me was, you know, ridiculous. Not a lot of companies take you to somewhere else to train for a month just to make sure that you're ready, you know, and all the benefits they offer. I was like, you know, this is definitely where wow. I want to go to. I mean, that sounds like an amazing company. Um, and you're right. Yeah. You know, that really is passionate about security and it's not just checking the box. It's really truly making sure that the analysts mm -hmm. fully understand, you know, getting you ready to fit in that role. Definitely, right? yeah. And that's one of the things oh, definitely. that's one of the things that we hear all the time from with all the various surveys about what professionals, millennials, cybersecurity professionals, most people want is like the continuous learning and the training and to feel confident in their roles. Yeah. And to feel like you're ahead of you know, you you're always looking forward, you know? Um and it's this company's definitely. amazing because they're sounds like they're very forward looking where sometimes what tends to happen is companies look back like they look at your prior experience instead of thinking about how you can use that to be forward looking you know um so it sounds like an amazing yeah amazing opportunity for you oh yeah and it's you know it's I knew that they were very different when, you know, during the training process, during the first week, they had us read this motivational book, you know, not a, like that was part of the training process and, you know, talking on it and things like that. So, I mean, I would definitely say if there's anyone like actively looking for a position somewhere and they're getting rejected, you know, just keep going forward because you now I was rejected hundreds of times, but I'm so glad I was because there's no way that, you know, these places would have competed with this company in their mindset. I'm so uh, glad that I found this position. That's, that's definitely important. Um, let me ask you a question. So you go into some of these interviews yeah. and they may have been above your head or not what you were looking for. Um, what are some of the ways that you responded to those types of interviews that uh, individuals looking to transition in can uh, learn from your challenges? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I think one of the biggest thing, if you're if you're in an interview where you know it's just a little bit um, above what you know, I would just encourage you not, not to lie, not to try to make yourself seem like you know more because they'll always be able to spot it. But be able to talk on it. If you don't, uh, if you're not able to un answer a question fully, break the question apart in your head. Find that basic part that you do know and talk about that. I mean, that's that's something I did very constantly. If I didn't if I, if I knew I wasn't able to answer the question in all its depth, 
I just took it apart and said, you know, I can't answer that question fully, but I don't do know this much about it. And I can talk about this much. And I'm confident in talking about this much. And of course, always do your research, know what the company does. Um, something I did a lot was I looked at what other positions they were hiring for, looked at the requirements for those positions. And then I went and study those requirements so that I'd have some understanding. But I feel like if you're confident enough and if you're studying enough and if you're keeping up to date and if you're mm -hmm. truly passionate, uh, you'll be able to move forward. You just have to make sure that they realize that you're passionate because, you know, there's so many skills that a company can teach you, but it's that mindset of moving forward that's very difficult to build in a person. You're hitting the nail on the head, Jose. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> so, so, so very true, like all those points. What is the book that they gave you to read, the motivational book? It's called The, the One Thing. thing. Okay. Got to make sure that we... Yeah. That I I, uh, <laughs> I downloaded on my Audible, hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of that that book, um, and I think it actually might be on my um, list of books to check out. Um, yeah, awesome. I've, I've read about it before, but yeah, mental health and uh, wellness is definitely becoming a predominant issue um, within this industry, uh, especially because it's so stressful. It's so you're worrying about the security breaches, doing everything securely, getting it in right. on time. So much so that at the recent DerbyCon um, conference, they had an entire trip for almost a village size um, exhibit uh, solely focused on mental health and wellness. So that's amazing that this company is incorporating that from the get-go to show that they, they care about the, tr the true and full you and not just um, getting out what you can provide. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Um, being in the industry, like you, like you both said, definitely super stressful. And I don't think, I think that's one of the areas that people don't fully understand um you know when they get in yeah you know or before they're getting in they're trying to the 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 the, the level of stress that security analysts you know at all levels are dealing with it's really hot right and i think people are fully aware of that when they're breaking into the industry definitely and i, and I would never try to sugarcoat it if someone asked me you know, i work a lot of hours but um I also have a pretty decent amount of downtime as well. But when I am working, you know, I work a lot of hours. Uh, I have I have a schedule, but just because, you know, work ends at six doesn't mean I leave at six. You know, you have to get down whatever it is you have to get done. But I feel like if you really look at it as, okay, not in terms of the time you're spending, but in terms of the knowledge you're gaining, it's definitely worth it. You know, every day I'm going to work. If I stay late, it doesn't matter because maybe I'll learn something new, a uh, new way, and, you know, maybe some new Linux command that just made my job a whole lot easier. Uh, or maybe I'm staying late because I'm thinking of a way to automate things. My, uh, the company I work for has a lab internally where if you want to stay, you can stay and play with the lab and try to figure out if you can make things faster, easier for everyone. So, you know, you always got to go in trying to get something out of it. And that continuous education and continuous learning is very important. Um, have you ever been to Definitely. any conferences or meetups or B-sides or anything like that to uh, meet up with the larger community and start to um, network with them? Uh, I think the only conference I've been to so far is Snowfrock. I went to that in Denver, but uh, now that I'm in Vegas, I'm really hoping to go to uh, DevCon. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. Nice. Where's nice. it? Black Hat. That's over here. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, both both of them are there. Um, I'd also look into the B sides. Uh, it's a smaller, more niche uh, type conference, uh, so you have more mm -hmm. involvement. Um, they call all their uh, yeah. attendees participants because you actually have to participate um, in the conference. So uh, check those out as well for okay. your continuous learning. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I know in Denver. I mean, you're in Vegas now, but I believe there's Burcon and Gur. I don't know what the difference is in the two. Do you know, Chris? I think Gurkhan was more in the Midwest. Um, okay. Okay. And Burr, oh, and Burr is like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, okay, why are they naming it this <laughs> As we come to the, the top of the hour, is there any advice that you wanted to share? Um, for those following in your footsteps? You know, I think the biggest advice, I, this is something that I asked a lot uh, when I was first entering, and I was always trying to seek out advice. And I realized, you know, when I really finally was able to get forward and get a job that a lot of times I always kind of, I was looking for the wrong type of advice. I'd really encourage everyone, and I think it's the most important thing is just to not give up. Uh, I'm always looking for things like, you know, how can, uh, you know, of course, ask all the advice you can, but as far as, you know, how to specifically do things, try to, like, gear yourself towards more just not giving up. I mean, it is it is hard out there. There's a lot of jobs out there, but a lot of people want a lot of requirements. They're asking for a lot of different things from you. So just keep applying. Apply yourself to everything you do and just keep going and just don't let the rejections bother you because, I mean, I know they – definitely bothered me for a short while and um, I definitely slowed down my applying process and it was just a huge mistake to have done that so just definitely take you know your rejections as well as with all the good things and just keep pushing forward that's such good advice you know you I think Whitney um, I'm trying to think about all the other folks that have been on here Charles um, Charles yeah everyone says the same thing you know that they kept applying they kept going and keeping your spirits up and realizing that just like they're, they're you know you're applying to hundreds they're getting hundreds of applicants it's really just going through that process and looking at it i tell people when they get down and out almost like look at it like a game like how yeah. interviews can i go on because like you said if you didn't go through all those hundreds if you didn't apply to all those hundreds of jobs and get rejected for those interviews you wouldn't be at this amazing phenomenal company that you're at today and so, exactly. you know, when you look at it on the other side, when you're on, it's hard to be in the middle of going through it and going through that struggle. But when you're on the other side of it, you look back and you go, wow, there are reasons why all of these things didn't come together. And I'm so happy that I ended up here. And so your piece of advice to, to say, like, don't give up and keep going. All of you consistently have talked about going through, you know, hundreds of applications and was it Whitney that said she did 30 something interviews? Yeah. It was, right? Wow. So like every you know, every week we get on the phone with you all and you talk or this this webinar and you talk about how many interviews. And she said one of the things that I thought was so cool, she said at the end I was, you know, on that last interview, I was clearly the cucumber because you yeah. practice 30 times. You know, you're not oh, yeah. anymore, you know. So and, and I know you could probably give that same advice. Like you've gone on so many interviews that you can ask them the questions. Yeah. And people realize, you know, you realize it's really all about the fit. 
it's all about you know do Definitely. you feel do you all this stuff and then it's like cultural fit so mm-hmm. excellent advice thank you for that Chris, uh, I know really, you, yeah you touched on a good point that i really wanted to um bring up again there is that cultural fit um mm-hmm. as much as you're interviewing these companies um you should you should be interviewing them back because you want to make sure that it's going to be a good work environment for you. You're going to be happy. Uh, they have the growth opportunities, whether educational or um, career-wise, that you're looking for. Um, and don't just settle for um, something just because you got an offer. And you clearly oh, show that you got, you got offers before, but you didn't just settle. Right. Yeah, it's definitely very important. Uh, I know because that can be really easy when you've gotten rejected so many times and you finally get an offer to just accept it. But I mean, this is probably will be at least some some type of long term thing. You really don't want to just pick any job. You want to be somewhere where you go to work at. I mean, if I get too burnt out during my uh, work day, I can just go into the break room. There's like a Nintendo 64 there, an Xbox, you know, like find a place that just caters to the things you care about and things that really uh, can help you just and have that kind of work-life balance. I know some people don't really believe in the work-life balance, but you know, I think there's there's a point where you're like, okay, I don't. It's not a big deal to come to work and wake up every morning. It's something you really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Good, excellent words of advice. So we are coming up on one minute to twelve thirty. So um, I want to thank you both. Thank you, Chris, for being my coach. Thank you, Jose, for giving us all of these words of wisdom today. Thank you, guys. This one was awesome. Um, people want to know again, what's the name of the book? It's called The One Thing. The One Thing. Do you know who it's- yeah, I can actually. Do you know who one of our commenters mentioned uh, Amazon Prime right now. So. Um, oh, really? Okay. Out, yeah. If you have Amazon. Yeah, nice. One other thing, folks. I am excited. I think I'm going to do another challenge. I did a challenge recently. Um, okay. And I feel like for the next couple of days, until we end uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month, I'm going to jump yeah. with a new challenge and try to do some webinars and teach some courses and provide some information on resumes and LinkedIn profiles because I'm seeing the struggles that people are having. And what's amazing is I've been working with a handful of folks on their resumes. And like in one guy in particular, he updated his resume and like that morning applied in wow. the interview. So I was like, was it because of the resume that we did? And he's like, yes. I'm like, oh my God, you know, you don't have to come on and talk about it. So I definitely awesome. to get people, um, you know, to, to give people more advice and as much help as they possibly can get when it comes to the LinkedIn profiles, because as you both know, you know, LinkedIn is really, people go to your LinkedIn profile before they even see your resume. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so definitely things to look out for. So folks connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll be sending that out, sending some information out about all these uh, free webinars, this little series that I'm going to do a new challenge. And I look forward to seeing everyone next week. Next week we have, who do we have next week? We have Spencer Brown, finally. (laughs) So many times. I cannot wait to connect with Spencer. So I look forward to connecting with him next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you all. Bye.